else. I think one of the quotes from the 911 call was, you know, she's a bad woman. We just don't, we didn't know how bad she was. Um, so clearly the people in this community um, were aware of, of some of the stuff for and some time. It must be incredibly frustrating for, I think, a lot of them that nothing actually happened until now. Um, we shall see what happens in the court proceeding tomorrow. Kyle Dunphy, thanks very much for coming on the program. Appreciate it. That does it for us tonight. Ashley Banfield starts now. going to begin with breaking news tonight. Hello, everyone. I'm Ashley Banfield. It's Thursday, and this is not a day that you want to be Danilo Cavalcante. In fact, you shouldn't want to be him any day because he murdered his ex-girlfriend by stabbing her 38 times in front of her two kids. And now he's on the run, maybe in a neighborhood near you if you are in the Pennsylvania area. We have breaking news tonight that there has been a possible sighting of him just within the last few hours. In fact, the reason we know this is because an entire neighborhood is not only on lockdown, <laughs> they were told to evacuate. A whole area, Longwood Gardens, told to get out. There is no confirmation that it's an actual sighting, but, you know, read between the lines. Why would you evacuate an entire neighborhood in this Pennsylvania area, very close to the prison where that guy did the Spider-Man escape just a couple days ago, right? It's day eight. He has been out there, and if you know anything about the weather right now, and I know you do, it is hot as Hades. It was 95 degrees throughout much of the Northeast, and it was just that hot out there today and yesterday, too. And he is day eight without any supplies that we know of and with very little food, water, and definitely no shelter that we know of. So this is what they're doing. They are searching for him by helicopter, by foot patrol. They are using actual thermal imaging, even though it's this hot. And yes, that does make a difference. When it is this hot... Sometimes rocks glow and screw with the thermal imaging. Nevertheless, they're using it. They said it is diminishing, but it is not destroying our asset of thermal imaging. They think he moves at night, and here we are. It's 10.01 Eastern time. And the breaking news is that within just the last few hours, they've had to shut down a massive area, and they are searching it. In fact, I couldn't believe it when I heard this. Longwood Gardens is 1,000 acres, 1,000 acres, and it is pitch black at 10 o'clock Eastern, and it is still hot. I want to go right now to our breaking news reporter, Evan Lambert, is standing by live. He's been following this. So, Evan, you know, this all kind of came as a surprise. We thought the biggest news was that there was a sighting at noon today. This is like almost the ninth confirmed. We've got eight confirmed sighting, and now maybe this one tonight, the ninth. So walk me through this latest one. Yeah, Ashley, so this would be number nine if it is confirmed. Uh, and so... Really just in the last few hours is when there was a lot of activity around the Longwood Gardens area. And we just heard last hour a reporter uh, with the Philadelphia Inquirer on Dan Abrams show talking about how people were telling them that they were originally thought they were sheltering in place because of weather. It turned out it's because the police thought something was going on here on that property. And that's what turned into this lockdown of this entire area. And I think you described it right. This is a thousand acres, botanical gardens. You pay to come in and enjoy the nature. People from around this area come here. People from outside the area come here. Uh, but then there's also homes surrounding kind of the outskirts of this garden area as well. And, and even a little bit further out farms. So those are the people that are being asked to stay in their homes. Uh, we don't know, you know, exactly what led police to uh, 
believe that they saw Danilo Cavalcante tonight here in this area. Uh, but, you know, we do know that he's been picked up in this area on cameras in the woods, trail cameras, before, earlier in the week. Uh, and so, you know, they, they didn't think, and what we learned from this news conference today was that they don't think he's gone far from that initial area where they first spotted right. him sounds on like, video. Yeah, it sounds like he doesn't have a plan. Uh, it's easy sometimes to get out. It's not so easy to stay out. Um, but tonight, like I, the spidey senses that reporters get, even when the officials aren't talking, is that you get pushed around. And you start to get a sense that the authorities who are on the ground behind you are acting differently. Talk to me about how they're acting just within the last few um, hours and moments. Yes, certainly. So, you know, as soon as we found out that there was action going on over here, we were on the phone trying to confirm this with sources. Not much and really not much has come out since then. A couple statements from the Pennsylvania State Police saying we're investigating a possible sighting. We can't share any more than that right now. Uh, but I can talk about the urgency for sure. You know, we're at one of these areas where the road further from here behind me is totally blocked by that Pennsylvania State Trooper where you see those flashing lights. Uh, we saw another crew kind of walk that way to try to get a better shot down the road. They were swiftly yelled at to get back. I mean, this, this trooper here is definitely taking his job seriously. Uh, and we've seen other troopers uh, coming from outside that area that they have blocked off. So there is a sense that, you know, something bigger around here is happening. And, and that all really happened in the last couple hours. The last time an, an official yelled at me like that in the field, Building 7 came down in New York. And so, yeah, when officials start to yell at reporters and move them, it means there's something extraordinarily serious. Um, and so that might be exactly what you're, you know, what you're witnessing behind you. The other thing they talked about today, Evan, before all of this business behind you started just a little bit ago, was that they've got tactical teams coming in from all over the country daily. They're arriving from everywhere. So it almost sounds like they're, they're literally flooding the zone. So walk me through, like, the strategies. If they've even, you know, shared so much as, you know, anything past just the sheer volume of guys they have on the ground. Right, so... Obviously, actually, they're being careful uh, because they don't want to outline everything that they're doing just in case someone is sharing information. I, I should be careful. Uh, you know, there's no indication of that at this point uh, or any indication that Cavalcante is getting any assistance. They said that again today in these news conferences. Uh, and so uh, but clearly they're being careful about explaining their tactics. We know that BORTAC, the uh, Border Patrol tactical unit, is involved here. Uh, Cavalcante uh, is in the country, uh, accused of being in the country illegally. Uh, and so that is one of the reasons that, that they might be involved. And we, and we know, actually, got confirmation today that they are involved. Um, but we also have some you know, state police tactical units. And they said today at this news conference this afternoon that more are arriving and more will be ready to, as you said, flood the zone starting tomorrow. Uh, there's supposed to be storms in the area tomorrow. That could hamper uh, the search, uh, of course, uh, aerially, uh, helicopters obviously can't go up in bad weather. Uh, and so, you know, they might be really trying to get see what they can get done tonight uh, before those the storms happen and uh, hinder efforts, at least from the air. Yeah, well, storms make it hard for him, too. Um, Evan, don't go anywhere, OK? I, I, as this breaking news continues to unfold, you're the eyes and the ears right there on the ground. Uh, I also want to bring in Robert Clark, who is the supervisory deputy U.S. marshal on the front line with the state police working this 
massive manhunt. He is live with me from a location near the search. Sir, thank you for, for doing this, uh, especially at this very busy time. What can you update me uh, with in terms of what's happening out there at Longwood Meadows? Hey, good evening, Ashley. Uh, I can tell you that uh, we have a rapidly evolving situation out here. We are investigating all investigative leads right now. And um, we don't want to comment when there's uh, current investi investigative activity going on. We don't want to tip our hand. We don't know if there's communication be going, being going on to Cavalcante. And um, we just don't want to re reveal our uh, strategies or tactical positions. That makes perfect tell sense. You that yeah. You Keep going. Earlier, there is a rapidly evolving uh, situation out here, and I believe that uh, we can further brief the press tomorrow about it. Uh, a rapidly evolving situation uh, for a reporter means this is different than, you know, every other moment today and many moments uh, in the last few days. Does that mean that the people who've been evacuated will not be brought back in and that you expect to be there all night or you expect to be there for a few hours? I don't have a time frame for the people who were evacuated. Uh, we expect to be here for a few hours, days, or weeks, as long as this takes. Um, there is a large, large presence of law enforcement here. You mentioned it before that um, some other tactical teams were moving in. I can tell you uh, three, four, five days ago, we obtained a federal warrant for Cavalcante for flight to avoid prosecution. And by obtaining that warrant, that allowed all our friends to bring all their toys, meaning all other federal agencies, and all their tactical equipment up here. And we're gonna stack the deck against um, Mr. Cavalcante. Uh, we are gonna stack the deck and we are gonna go um, do what we have to do to take him into custody here. Hopefully we can do it sooner than later, but um, we're bringing every possible asset we can into the area. That makes like perfect sense. What you say, yeah, what you say about this, this federal warrant and the fact that you know federal tactical teams you know, from all over the country, tactical teams are coming in. I did want to ask you about some, some tactics that are just standard operating procedure. We see it on TV all the time. We see thermal imaging uh, catching people in real time in the black of night. I know it is really hot out there. I know that today the state police said, yes, we are using thermal imaging. Yes, the extremely hot weather is affecting it. It's not you know, diminishing it completely. But that is a question so many people have. How are we not just catching him if he's making his moves at night, if we're flooding the zone, especially with thermal imaging from above? Yeah, I think that's a fair question. Um, why we don't like to reveal our investigative techniques or tactics, I think it's fair to assume um, imaging like the, the ones you mentioned are being used. Um, but, but let's talk about the terrain. Let's talk about the environment. We're talking about a huge search grid, um, eight to 10 miles, I believe, uh, Colonel Bivens stated. That's a huge, immense area uh, for somebody that's five foot, 120 pounds to hide. And let's remember, Mr. Cavalcante, we believe, has experience being in the woods. He was uh, in Brazil. He grew up in Brazil. Uh, he was charged with a crime in Brazil, and he escaped authorities out there. So this is a man who's not, um, I would say, a survivalist, but he has experience being outside. So he, it's, a, it's a large search area. You know what? That, yeah, I'm glad you just mentioned that. I'm, and I'm sorry to cut you off. The only reason I, I caught the last thing you said there about he has experience being outside, that Brazilian murder 
that ended up being the domino effect here. He stabbed his ex-girlfriend 38 times in front of her two little children because she was on to him about the murder in Brazil. And from what we've learned, and please correct me if this isn't accurate, we have learned that while in Brazil avoiding authorities, he was actually living in the trees, meaning up off the ground, harder for dogs, harder for equestrian, harder for foot you know, soldiers. So what are you doing? I understand you can't be specific, but generally speaking, how are you re-strategizing or you know, changing strategies knowing that he has this MO of hiding in the trees? Well, I've heard those reports as well um, that he was sleeping in trees or hiding in trees. I have nothing that can confirm that, uh, but I can tell you that he did elude authorities in Brazil, that he did spend some time outside. He spent some time even uh, before eluding authorities in Brazil. Um, as far as hiding in the trees, I can't confirm that. But like I said before, uh, we've brought all our state and local partners with all their investigative equipment uh, to really try to stack the deck against Mr. Cavalcante. Every day we're getting stronger out here. Every day the resolve and the perseverance of these law enforcement officers is just immense. Um, there's fabulous um, incident command by the state police, and the U.S. Marshal Service has some of their best investigators from eastern Pennsylvania here. Um, and we're, we're confident that within hopefully the next few days we can put this to an end. We owe it to the good people of Chester County who have been inconvenienced by this manhunt, and we owe it to the victim's family as well. So everyone's pouring everything we have into this, and uh, we're confident that uh, he will be apprehended soon. Mr. Clark, can you elaborate at all? I understand if you can't, but you know everything just ginned up uh, to, to warp speed in the last couple hours. You called it a rapidly evolving situation. We were getting, you know frantic um, you know, alerts about Longwood Gardens being locked down and evacuated. Can you tell me, to the best of your knowledge, what was it that led to that? Who, when, what might have seen him in what circumstance? I don't want to comment exactly on those exact details. That's something uh, for the incident commander, uh, Colonel Bibbins, to comment on. Um, but I can say that it is a rapidly evolving situation. And when you talk about ramping up resources and a grand, uh, a great law enforcement presence, we're doing everything possible that when we believe we have an attempt to locate and apprehend, that we're gonna throw everything at them, our resources, our tools, our manpower, so we can end this in one fell swoop. Yeah, and, it was a big uh, list. That, be a time you know. and a place, there'll be a time and a place for that. I'm not saying it's tonight, I'm not saying it's tomorrow, but um, we are getting ready that when we have the chance we're just going to go all in. I, I understand. There, it's very strategic <laughs> on how you release the information. I, I fully respect that. And by the way, speaking of all those assets, one of the assets is a, a tracking dog named Loki, and he was injured. Um, I heard the Lieutenant Colonel George Bivens of the Pennsylvania State Police say today that Loki was hospitalized. I assume a pet hospital, a vet, um, was released and will, will be okay, will return, return to duty. What about everyone else, other canines and other humans? How is everybody else? Has anyone else been injured? I mean, this is, it's, I took the train to work today and I almost passed out. It was 96 degrees. How are the searchers doing? Uh, the, the searchers are doing well. I mean, it, it's hot, it's humid out here. Uh, you are correct. Uh, one of the state police dogs um, did suffer um, some exhaustion from the intense heat the other night. Um, and that same heat's affecting 
the investigators out there. It doesn't allow us to stay in the woods or on the streets, so to say, as long as we'd like. But on the other hand, we believe it's affecting Mr. Cavalcanti as well. He has to find somewhere to drink. He has to find somewhere to eat. And he has to have shelter somewhere. So uh, the colonel said that we're stressing him. We're going to continue to stress him. We're going to make him make mistakes. And he's already made them, those mistakes. So uh, as this prolongs, he's going to make more mistakes. And when he does, the instant he does, uh, we're going to be ready to be. We're going to be there. And we're going to seize the opportunity to bring him into custody. Well, I'm praying for you all, you and your fellow colleagues, those who are on the ground, especially the ones tonight, right now, who are in Longwood Gardens, possibly in a very dangerous situation. You said it. Uh, the thing, you know, this, when the situation gets worse on day eight for someone like this, uh, he gets worse. He gets more desperate. There is literally nothing standing between him um, and going back to prison with no chance of parole other than the guy who's going to confront him. And that's the worst situation for any law enforcement um, officer, agency, or team. So praying for you, Robert Clark, and all your guys and your women who are so hard at work. Please update us. Don't go too far tonight because you said it. It's rapidly evolving. We'd love for you to update us as soon as you can. Thank you for having me, Ashley. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mr. Clark. And and we'll keep tabs uh, with Robert Clark and also with Evan Lambert, who's on the field. But I also want to bring in right now someone who has a very long career tracking and catching fugitives like Mr. Cavalcante. Uh, Lenny DePaul is a former commander with the U.S. Marshals. Lenny ran the largest fugitive task force in the world. It was here in New York and in New Jersey. And on average, Lenny arrested 100 to 120 fugitives per week in just his region alone. So you're perfect for this moment, Lenny. I'm sure you're following this breaking news along with us. I kind of thought we'd have sort of a, a look back at how the day was today in you know tracking um, Danilo Cavalcante, but that's not it. We're actually in the midst of what's called a rapidly evolving situation in, in Longwood Gardens. Before I get into your expertise, I just want you to react to some of the things you just heard uh, from uh, Robert Clark. Absolutely. And good evening, Ashley. I mean, Rob and his his crew, they're the best in the business. I mean, U.S. Marshals being the premier agency in this country, along with their, you know, federal, state and local partners. Uh, it's, it's a collective effort. Uh, you know, it's a, it's more of a force multiplier. But, uh, you know, the way he's responding, uh, they're doing it by the numbers. They have to. Uh, but more importantly, this fugitive's hungry. I mean, he's tired. He's sleeping with one eye open. Uh, I think human instincts have turned into animal instincts. Um, desperate people do desperate things. He's breaking into homes and whatnot. So, uh, you know, I, I agree with Rob. I think it's, I think it's going to be a matter of time. Uh, the sightings are important. You got to exhaust all these leads. Uh, this one sounds pretty pretty interesting to me so far. So, uh, and they're going to keep it close to the vest. But uh, they certainly have enough manpower, state-of-the-art equipment, to the assets that are deployed, uh, aviation support. Uh, I know the uh, the bloodhounds, uh, it's a little tough with the climate out there right now. But, uh, you know, they're flying drones. Uh, they got a lot of a lot of things uh, that are happening right now. So they're hitting on all cylinders, actually. So you, um, you know, your expertise is, is real deep. You were called on for the Boston bomber, finding him. You were called on for the D.C. sniper. Uh, both of those guys were found. How do things change, though, when you're talking about a guy who obviously had no plan, right? He's day eight, and he's only like two and a half miles outside of the place he's trying to get as far away from as he can. Do you know what to do when you have a guy who didn't plan for this? Well, obviously, he didn't have a plan B. I mean, he got out, he scaled that wall. I mean, a month prior, apparently, another inmate did the exact same thing. 
Uh, so he followed suit. But once he got out there, you know, he zigged when he should have zagged. I mean, he's lost right now, and he's frustrated. Uh, he can live in a tree. He can live under a rock. I know he's five foot, 120 pounds, but, uh, you know, advantage law enforcement. It, it, it's tough. 95 degrees. He's probably got about 1,000 mosquito bites. I mean, he's hurting right now. Uh, which is good. I mean, it, it, you know, let let this play out. I know it's been eight days. It's frustrating for the community and the folks that live around there. But, uh, you know, again, he's sleeping with one eye open. He's at a disadvantage. I'm just hoping, uh, you know, when this thing goes down, when that news starts tightening, uh, like tonight, that perimeter is tightening up a little bit. What's his mindset? Uh, is it suicide by cop? Is he going to get into a home? Is he going to is it going to be a hostage situation or a barricaded suspect? You know, these are a lot of things that are going through Rob and his folks and the people that are downrange. Uh, you know, right now uh, it's going through their minds, so they have to react accordingly. And hopefully, this thing goes down without incident, and uh, they put this thing to bed sooner than later. So, Lenny, hold on one second. I just want to check with my control room. Uh, you know, we're kind of moment to moment on this, and we've got a reporter on the ground who's watching what he can when he's not getting shoved out of the way of the. Marshals and all the other tactical teams who've just arrived on mass. So uh, just checking with the control room. Is, is Evan, does Evan have something, guys? I saw something, uh, just a quick shot of him getting wired up. Does he have something from the site of the Longwood Gardens? Okay, we're, we're, getting, we're getting him wired up. Uh, he may have something to tell us, Lenny. Um, in the meantime, I did want to ask you about Night Moves. Uh, it's not just a great song from the 70s. It's how this guy is getting around, right? So... What, how does that change the metric? He's not sleeping with one eye open. He's awake now. And it looks like he might very well be in Longwood Gardens right now. What does it do for the tactical teams to know that their biggest, toughest work is to find him at night? Well, you put this into perspective. He's within the confines of that perimeter. He can walk around all night long. He can walk in circles. It doesn't matter. I mean, they're like I said, they're using the necessary uh, electronic surveillance and whatnot and things they can do at night with FLIR or with uh, night vision. And, and, uh, and he, you know, uh, it's just you got to be careful because he's looking for, you know, provisions. He needs water. He, he needs to break into homes like apparently he's tried to do. Um, but what's the end game? What is what is he? What's his plan? Uh, from what I understand, he has no devices. He's not communicating with anybody. And you also got to keep in mind it's an intense manhunt right now, Ashley. But there's also a fugitive investigation going on behind the scenes. You know, they're tearing his world upside down. Who did he talk to prior to the escape? Who visited him? You know, we call him Huzu and Nazu. Uh, you know, they're they're turning his world upside down. So just in case he does slip through the cracks. Uh, you know, maybe hijacks a car and whatnot. Uh, they're gonna, they gotta stay ahead of the curve. So there's, so, a, there's good a lot. Point. Good point. Um, Evan's asking some questions um, on the site, and I'm gonna tap him yeah. for a second in a minute. But, but you just said it. Uh, he needs a lot. He needs food and water and shelter, and um, he's probably not getting a lot of it. But for this today in the news conference, I heard the lieutenant colonel of the state police say that regarding outside help, when a reporter asked if he's getting outside help. Um, the lieutenant colonel said, I'm concerned about that, but I'm not prepared to discuss. And then the next thing the reporter asked was about the relatives in the area, to which the lieutenant colonel said, yeah, he does have relatives in the area. But as for speaking to them and their cooperation, um, I can't speak to that. So what's the, what does that do? If, if you have access to his relatives and he knows that, how does that change the metric when you're trying to get him? 
almost sounds to me, Ashley, like there was a little Q&A being done by these investigators. They got some people on board. I call it Team USA. Maybe there was a conversation prior to his escape. Uh, maybe, uh, as you remember, up in Dannemora, when those two guys escaped, the woman that was supposed to pick him up, she had a panic attack, never showed up, and they didn't know what to do. Uh, so, you know, it sounds like, and again, they're keeping things close to the vest, and rightfully so. I, I get that. Uh, but the, if they got cooperation from, uh, from you know, uh, whether it's, who knows, relatives or ex-girlfriend or whatever, um, I'm hoping that they're cooperating and, and they've had conversations and, and they kind of had, you know, what his plan B was once he got out. All right. Um, Lenny, uh, just, uh, I just can't thank you enough. Um, Lenny DePaul is just one sure. of the best experts in this. Uh, and I'm going to uh, have you on speed dial because this is a, an evolving situation right now. As they said, rapidly evolving situation. Thank you very much, Lenny. And I will call thank on you. you throughout this hour as things um, actually change, too. Um, and so, folks, let me just give you a quick update. If you're just tuning in, a lot of breaking news. We don't usually get breaking news at 10 o'clock at night, do we? It's usually a wrap-up of the day. And that was kind of what I was expecting to bring you today. And not so much, uh, because as I was sort of getting a bunch of stuff ready for the program, brushing hair, etc., cetera, uh, breaking news, um, Longwood Gardens, not far from the prison uh, where this guy broke out, is on lockdown, evac, and there is an, a rapidly evolving situation. Even our reporters were getting jostled out of the way and told, "Do not, you don't, you dare, you know, cross past this perimeter." There is a lot of activity in there tonight, and there has been some intimation that there may actually be potential resolution to this. Who knows if they've actually got them in their sights? We had eight confirmed sightings up until noon today, an eighth at noon today, all of them within this perimeter, eight to ten miles. From this prison. So, you know, uh, Danilo Cavalcante hasn't gotten too far. And as he continues to try to get far, uh, more and more tactical teams are, like I said, flooding the zone. But tonight, the action as we speak right now is in this area called the Longwood Gardens. It's a thousand acres. So it's big, but it is not eight to 10 square miles big. So if they're flooding the zone, they're flooding a way smaller zone right now. And we're trying to get as much information as we can, not just for you, because you've been following this story for eight days, but for the people who live there, because their schools have been closed, the neighbors are terrified. Let me just tell you something that um, made my skin crawl earlier. When I was watching the news conference, the state police, um, the DA who actually put him away, like, well, you know, she was there for the actual conviction. And when he was moved to the prison to await another movement to where he was going to end up serving his life sentence, no parole. She said that the family of the ex-girlfriend that he stabbed 38 times, they are living in fear right now. This is what she said. They are terrified. They are barricaded inside their house. Um, they have protection. We have 24-hour police detail around them. So uh, imagine that, you know, for a moment. Just imagine that the family... Of, um, of Deborah, his victim. Uh, they're all living in fear that he might come for them since he's out there and he seems to be evading the police eight days in a row. Just want to ask the control room real quickly if we're going to break and coming back with another guest on the story. We are. Uh, we're going to line up Evan, get an update from the field and get a little bit more analysis on, analysis on some of the things that were said today that were, you know, actually pretty informative about what they're doing eight days in to catch this murderer, convicted murderer on the loose. We're back in just a moment.
still on this breaking news right now. If you're just joining us, uh, just in the last few moments, we were told that there is a rapidly evolving situation in Pennsylvania, specifically in the Longwood Gardens area. It's about a thousand acres and it is not far from uh, the Chester County prison where Danilo Cavalcanti busted out by Spider-Man crawling himself up the walls eight days ago. He's been on the run for eight days, and there have been eight confirmed sightings, but we think the ninth led to this massive lockdown, and not only a lockdown, an evacuation of Longwood Gardens. People were told to shelter in place. They thought it was weather-related. It is just brutally hot up here in the Northeast. And then suddenly it wasn't lockdown, shelter in place anymore. It was get in your car and go. So this massive evacuation happened just within the last few hours. And then all of a sudden, uh, things got hinky with all the crews and the tactical teams and the coordinated law enforcement um, assets that are in the area. Uh, shoving aside reporters saying you're not coming anywhere near here, which typically at 10 o'clock at night on a Thursday night would, you know, connote there's something serious happening. And then one of our U.S. Marshals uh, who's just been on the program, the Supervisory Deputy U.S. Marshal uh, Robert Clark, just told us that it is a, quote, rapidly evolving situation. Whether they have him in their sights after eight days, whether they are going to bring this convicted brutal murderer uh, back into custody, uh, we could be, you know, minutes, hours away from that. We could also be days. Um, but it does certainly look like something is happening right now in that Pennsylvania area. It's odd. It's all within an 8 to 10 square mile radius of the prison. So that should tell you that Mr. Cavalcante didn't have much of a plan uh, short of doing parkour to get out of the prison uh, rec yard, which is what you probably saw a million times on social media and all the news channels, etc. We just showed it, too. So I want to bring in uh, Phil Waters. He's a retired homicide detective from the Houston Police Department. Um, 400 cases under his belt. He knows homicide. He knows bad guys. And he knows bad guys who get locked up for life, no parole. This truly is, there's no better, you know, description of someone who has nothing to lose and will kill with his bare hands to, to stay out of that fate, that lifelong fate. So you've heard what I just said. Rapidly evolving situation. Bring me your law enforcement expertise. Give me your thoughts. Well, it's all hands on deck. And this, uh, the, the manhunt, of course, has been going on. Uh, th- these things are very intense. I have been involved in them. And it is, uh, they take the information, the leads that they get. The, they did the exact same thing that I would have done when he was initially found to have escaped. They start looking at burglaries. They start looking at thefts. They start looking at possible carjackings, that kind of thing, to get a pattern of where he may be heading and where he has been. And so now we're also picking him up on uh, on the uh, on videos and so forth and so on. And I would imagine that they've got a pretty good – they've got – I would think from what I'm seeing here, from what you just shared with us, Ashley, it would appear to me that they have him contained to an area. So it's it's pretty encouraging, I think, at this point that there should be an arrest uh, fairly soon. I mean, let's hope, right? Let, let's hope, Phil, that it's actually an arrest, that it's not suicide by cop, that it's not something that, you know, uh, I have no idea. Nobody knows if he got his hands on any weapons. No one knows if any of the break and enters that have been reported in this area are confirmed to be him. But there have been 
break and enters. One guy said that he right. thought there was a bunch of produce taken um, and that he was actually upstairs when whoever was breaking in was downstairs flicking lights and the guy flicked lights back. He thought it was terrifying. It hasn't been confirmed that it's Cavalcante. But, well, you would, know, if he got a weapon, it, this is a, a game changer. Right. And I would I would share with you that, that the point that you just made that we hope that the outcome is an arrest. But I would tell you that decision is on him. He's the one that's going to determine the outcome of this capture, uh, or he may do something to himself to dispose of himself because he finds himself in a situation that he doesn't want to go back to. And so uh, it, it's it's solely the ball is in his court, as they say, and he is the one that's going to decide the ultimate outcome here. Phil, don't go anywhere. I want to bring Mike King into our conversation. Also, a remarkable homicide detective, creator, and host of uh, Profiling Evil on YouTube. Mike, can you hear me? Are you there? I can, Ashley. Okay, so get, give me your thoughts as we have this breaking news that he may actually be contained within about a thousand acres, a place called Longwood Gardens. It's on lockdown. It's evac, and and the cops are saying very little. Yeah, well, um, I, I have to agree with Phil, it's, and it's great to be on with him. But he, here's the thing that I'm thinking, Ashley. Number one, this this wallet uh, looks, when you look on an aerial map, as, as lots of open ground. There's also a lot of trees, a lot of rivers. I mean, Brandy uh, Wine Creek, I think it is, to the east, and there's ponds and other places where this guy could conceal. Um, the, the thing that's going to be in law enforcement's favor is the fact that we're eight days in. He's not getting uh, rest. He's not getting, hopefully, not getting food. Uh, it, it, he's probably fatigued from the heat and the stress of what's going on, and uh, and the dragnet has to just continue to tighten. But the challenge is, because of the dense uh, um, foliage and everything else, this guy could be uh, hiding in plain sight somewhere. Well, that's the other thing. You know, Mike, they, they said that... Uh... There's been some thought that the way he evaded authorities in Brazil was to sleep in the trees, that he has practiced the art of being out there. And I think of Eric Rudolph and I think of all those who've been able to evade the Danamora, you know, pair that evaded authorities for days and days on end. And Eric, Eric Rudolph was five years living as a survivalist. Um, does that change? And Mike, just th your thoughts about how it might change the strategy of tactical teams who have a, you know, they've got a protocol. But then you're dealing with a guy like that. How do they be nimble? How do they change what they're doing to, to match what he's doing? Yeah, I, I mean, they have to be looking into his background to see what his, his experiential level is in outdoor survival. If this is a kid uh, raised down in Brazil and he's been used to going out in the woods and just surviving out there, he might have a hand up on many of the law enforcement folks, but he doesn't have a hand up on technology. So hopefully with uh, infrared and other capabilities, uh, we're seeing him captured on CCTV, and uh, he's making mistakes like being in the house. And whether that was a level of arrogance or he was toying with people, I, I just can't figure out what on earth was going on with that weird communication going on in the house. But this guy is pretty darn comfortable, and as he's proven, he's nimble as can be. If he can scale a wall, he can climb a tree and hide in it. Well, we also heard that he doesn't speak English. He's from Brazil. He speaks Portuguese. He has very little command of English, and maybe the flicking lights was the only thing he could 
say when, you know, that's the communication that came from upstairs. Guys, if you could stand by for just a moment. I've been waiting to get an update from Evan Lambert, who's on uh, the ground. I'm going to fit in a really quick commercial break, but Evan is getting wired up as we speak so he can tell us what he's... Literally, we are going to hear by guys who are walking by Evan and going into the zone. This is how we're probably going to get information on what's happening in Longwood Gardens tonight. Don't go anywhere. Back right after this. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, I want to read for you something um, that I just saw on Twitter, and this sounds like this is coming from somebody who lives in the area of the Longwood Gardens, and this is the area that's under... Um, an evacuation order right now, and there is a massive law enforcement presence as all of these tactical teams are searching for Danilo Cavalcante, the um, escaped prisoner, uh, murderer, convicted murderer who is about to be put away for life, no parole, who's been on the roll on the uh, road now, um, on the run for eight days. Uh, this is what the, the, the Twitter message was. Emergency alert just broadcast to area residents requesting they remain inside and lock all doors. The immediate area of focus is directly north, east, and west of Longwood Gardens. That's coming from what appears to be um, a resident uh, just a few minutes ago on Twitter. Uh, residents are being told um, if you're in the area, evacuation. If you you know evacuate, uh, if you're in the perimeter, um, lock down. I want to bring in John Muffler now. He is uh, a perfect guest right now for this because he's the former assistant chief deputy U.S. marshal of the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. Um, do you know anything about Mr. Muffler about what's happening with your? You you used to work with these guys who are on the ground right now. You used to supervise them. Are you hearing anything about this um, this latest rapidly evolving situation? Thanks for having me back on. I'm sorry I'm not like, live on TV for you, but uh, appreciate the call. My, my understanding is they're, they're very close. Um, uh, as you've been reporting, that you know, the, 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 um, the air surveillance is, is helping them uh, locate what they think may be uh, the fugitive. And so um, you know, it, it sounds like they're getting closer and closer. Um, that is a thousand acre property, Longwood Gardens. There's a lot of territory there, understanding full well that, you know, they're trying to let the people know that live in that area in those perimeters, in those houses to, to get out um, as they focus on that particular area. John, you're so helpful. Um, that's the first we've heard. They're very close. Um, that's unbelievable information. Thank you. Can I ask you? When you say the aerial assistance, we're assuming it's what Evan Lambert just reported, that he's hearing uh, a plane overhead. He wasn't sure if it was the Pennsylvania State Police plane or which asset uh, that belongs to. But um, are they? do you think that they are using the thermal imaging and maybe getting closer because of it? Of course. Um, it, you know, clearly, you know, that surveillance that's in the, in the sky is, is helping pinpoint where he may be. Again, he's, he doesn't have any electronics on him to pinpoint him. So this is all line of sight or via thermal imaging. So this is this is down to technology. This is down to eyes in the ground, 
looking at what they may you know be able to see what's disrupted as far as shrubbery goes so they're looking at these things that are happening and getting reports from the sky and from that thermal imaging um as well as their own line of sight what they can what they can see so uh, you know it's getting close john muffler uh, former assistant chief deputy marshal of the eastern district of pennsylvania thank you i'm sorry for the late phone call but this is an evolving situation so we really appreciate that you answered and that you uh talked to us tonight again uh this is um something that could be over in minutes, could be over in hours, but is certainly very active in the Longwood Gardens area. Uh, thank you so much for being with me throughout this breaking news. I'm sorry I didn't bring you all the stuff I had planned to bring in, uh, but I will bring it to you tomorrow night. In the meantime, I sure hope I come back tomorrow night with the story that they caught him, that they got him, and that they're taking him back to prison. And I'll let you know what prison, because it's not going to be the Chester County. That we learned today. Thanks, everyone, for watching. See you tomorrow night. In the meantime, stay tuned. Cuomo is next. A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third-generation race car driver, and I dedicate a lot of my time going fast. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently or having trouble with routine tasks. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services and access available treatments. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Visit alz.org slash time to talk, a message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. I'm Naheem Hines, proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom has muscular dystrophy, and the MDA helps her and kids like my buddy Ethan. My name is Ethan, and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. And MDA funds over 150 care centers for kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and related neuromuscular diseases. Learn more at MDA.org today. When it comes to a gun suicide attempt, all it takes is a moment. My son, Ricky, took his life by the use of a firearm. It broke me, and I contemplated suicide. My grandson, I was going to have to be here for him. I still own my firearm. I keep it in a safe because I want to keep my grandson and myself safe. Store your guns, locked, unloaded, and away from ammo. Hear more safe stories at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. As a teacher, I should know the answers. But with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, answers don't come easy. Steroids made my gut feel better, but they brought symptoms and risks of their own. A friend told me about the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, and they helped me find a specialist. We talked through the pros and cons and landed on a new treatment. I feel like the guy with answers again. Don't wait. Make sure you have the latest info and the best plan for you. Spill your guts. Learn more at SpillYourGuts.org. This is Allie Bradley. Get my podcast, Bradley on the Border, at NewsNationNow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Frank from Access. Imagine the feeling of a parent bringing home their child who has been suffering from a devastating illness or injury, and the parents wonder if things will ever be the same. That's where Welcome Home Angel steps in. 
They're a nonprofit 501c3 organization creating accessible living spaces and healthy, cheerful environments in which to live and recover. To learn if you're eligible for a makeover, to donate to these amazing families, or just get involved, visit welcomehomeangel.com. Change a room, change a life. You recognize our jingle. It is Cabinet Discatters and now celebrating our 40th anniversary. That's right. 40 years ago, they started a small family business, building a reputation around excellent customer service, quality products at a great price. In their showroom, there's no pressure, a friendly atmosphere, and with a focus on customer satisfaction, they make sure you enjoy the process. It's Cabinet Discatters, proud to serve you for over 40 years. Cabinet Discatters, great quality, great price. What if one day you went to your secret hiding place and instead of what you came for, you found a phone number, 1-800-662-HELP? What would you do? Would you stop and give it some thought? Before drugs take their toll on you and your family, know that there is help. You can quit. For help with drug use, call 1-800-662-HELP for free and confidential information and treatment referral or go to samhsa.gov slash know the risks. Hey, everybody. I'm Chris Cuomo. It's Thursday. We're live and we have a lot to deal with. We're closing in on an escaped killer. Uh, We got a president in crisis. We got moms accused of being monsters and the latest scare about artificial intelligence. So what do you say? Let's get after it and begin with breaking news in that Pennsylvania manhunt for the